Hi, friends, and welcome to the first episode of Lionsgate. As promised, I am here with my friend Sadi. Hi, guys. And I'm Omni, and we are here to talk about our path and where we've been. Um, we're going to start off uh, right away with Sadi's story. Um, I wanted to talk about her death story um, when she died, uh, what she saw when she crossed over. And what she remembers but like first i think it's important to talk about like where she was at on her path before this happened because we're all on different paths and we all have a pivotal moment in our life or usually and it just kind of turns us sometimes sometimes we gradually get turned onto the right path and other times we get jerked so um mm -hmm. before you died mm -hmm. <laughs> what like was your religion like like what were you like growing up were you just like a gypsy <laughs> or a, like no, a, that's no, a bad that's probably all. not a good term actually <laughs> but um slander i just found out that slander <laughs> is it really yeah it's not a good term actually so okay. i recant that um were you like a traveler or like what was your life growing up so i had a pretty stable upbringing um i was raised in the south and most of the people in my community were all christian and, um, you know, we prayed every night over dinner, and I grew up with Christian values. Um, but we weren't the type of family that went to church every day or once a week. It was only on special occasions. And, um, you know, I never really went to church a lot. But when things went bad in my life, of course, you know, I would run to praying and asking Jesus for help and God for help. And um, that was probably the extent of my spirituality. And I didn't really think much about um, anything outside of that. Yeah. So like when people, when something went wrong, you're, you were one of those people that we like to say, oh, I'll pray for you. And you're like, will it, you, will you really pray for me? Are you just fucking saying that? Exactly. That was exactly how it was. You know, and then I had three kids and I was in a really toxic relationship and I just didn't have time for myself and my spiritual growth yeah. at all. And I had no idea, you know, what it could possibly turn into. Right. Until into my, my near death experience. Yeah. Yeah. So what was I? Oh, I remember. Okay. So we're going to get on the story, but I have to bring this one up because, okay. So I remember you were telling me, I'm going to get off track. I have ADHD brain. So just go down the rabbit hole with me um <laughs> so the one time i think that i astral projected um i had a quote-unquote dream but i was on the astral plane that i was in haiti and um i remember walking walking down like there's a ton of shops and it was actually kind of not tropical but it wasn't desert and i am bad at geography and i always thought that haiti was desert because don't judge me. I'm learning. Um, but it wasn't in my, in my quote unquote dream and my projection. And I went into a shop and I remember going to the shop owner or the, the person at the restaurant being like, I need mugwort for some reason. And I didn't even know at the time if this was on video, you could see, I have like tons of herbs behind me. I've really tried to educate myself, but this was the first time where I was like, I need mugwort. And I didn't even really know what mugwort mm -hmm. was. And I have a black cat, um, named hollow short for Halloween and she was in my dream with me traveling with me and i remember looking over at the guy and being like what is he doing like i looked at Hallow and i said what are you doing here and i just got the sense that she was there to protect me on my travels mm -hmm. and then there's another i'm getting goosebumps and there's another guy walking around the shop looking around and he had a cat following him and i just i don't know this was like 
my mom had a book on astral projection when we were younger. At least she had books on everything. And I remember actually reading that book and trying to learn how to astral project and like relaxing your body as you go to sleep. And I never could. And I don't know what I did to even do this, but anyways, <laughs> down the rabbit hole, I was telling Saudi the story cause I was super kind of excited about it. And and we were talking about it, and then she told me the story about the guy she used to, was. It I hope they. Where did you work? No, it was Denny's. Denny's. Yeah. yeah. Denny's. Okay. Okay. Tell me about this guy. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> this is awesome. Um. So he was from Haiti. Um. He was new. He had just gotten to the to the United States, and um, we worked together. And one night, I had a dream that he walked into my apartment and he put his hands on my shoulders, and I was completely paralyzed, and um. I could see that his eyes were rolling into the back of his head and he was chanting. And the entire time he had his hands on my shoulders, I couldn't move at all. And I had, I was so fearful, you know, the entire time mm -hmm. I woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I woke up the next day and I was telling one of my coworkers about what happened. And I'm like, yeah, this, the new guy was in my dream last night and he paralyzed me and I don't know what he was doing. He was doing some kind of hoodoo <laughs> or voodoo or something on me. And it really freaked me out. And I glanced up and he was walking in through the front door for his shift. And um, as soon as I looked at him, he smiled at me and he rolled his eyes in the back of his head. I got goosebumps. And it was the most, at the time, it was the most terrifying thing ever because it was before my spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea um, what that could have meant. But I really wish that I could meet him again today um, as advanced as yeah. I am in my spirituality and just be like, how did you fucking do that? Right. I know. You know like, like, I want to learn. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I want to learn how to do that. That was crazy. Yeah. That's like, oh. And then I've had other dreams about that's connected to Haiti, but I haven't. I haven't delved into that. Like one of the things that I want to drive home on this podcast is that we are still growing. And I think you're, if you're not still growing, you're shrinking. And so we are still learning about our path and what, and stuff. And, and just talking about it isn't like inspiring to us. And it would be awesome if we can inspire other people. And it would be even more awesome if you guys can email us with questions, Q and A's and inspire us back. Um, real quick, I'm going to drop our email, so get a get a pen or whatever, but it's saudiandomni at gmail.com. That's S-A-H-D-I-A-N-D-O-M-N-I at gmail.com. So just have that in your brains. Write it down. I'll have it in the link because um, we'd love to hear from you too. But... Uh, yeah, that was... That, that story had goosebumps on me and... And it really made me want to, like, research more. And as I said, I'm ADHD, so I go everywhere. So, <laughs> okay, so the question I wanted to ask you, because I've only heard this story once, mm -hmm. firsthand. I heard it secondhand a couple times. Um, when you crossed over, mm -hmm. what was the first sensation? Like, was it seeing or feeling or everything? So the first sensation that I had was an overwhelming feeling of peace. Um, I felt like I was, and I know this sounds cliche, but I really did feel like I was one with the universe. Yeah. Um, I could feel my body vibrating for a few seconds. And then it almost felt like um, when a plane takes off. And I could feel myself leaving my body. And I was probably traveling about what felt like 30 miles an hour mm -hmm. straight up. And I could see the ground below me 
but I realized that I could also see above me and beside me and in all directions. And it was a really um, strange feeling to be able to see everything at the same time mm -hmm. without the peripheral, you know, vision. Yeah. So um, I remember feeling that. And then I had... Um, we have a question. Mm -hmm. Was it like you had to... Was it like you had to turn your head or you just saw it without having to move because you didn't, did you feel a body? I didn't feel a body at okay. all. And so that's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy that you asked me that. So my, my astral body felt about the size of a basketball. Okay. If you can imagine that. Yeah. And it was just light energy and I could just see everything. And it was really disorienting at first, you know. It for just the reminds first me when minutes. I told my kids, like, I have eyes in the back of my head. Well, like, maybe I But do. what if you had yeah. them all over? Yeah. <laughs> you could maybe just I see everything. <laughs> and so um, because I was able to see everything, I noticed that I had a guide beside me. Yeah. And she was a female, mm -hmm. beautiful goddess. One of the most beautiful beings that I'd ever seen in my entire life. And even though she had um, a physical body, it seemed like I could put my hands straight through her. Um, she was like iridescent and she was covered in what looked almost like tattoos of like sacred geometry and they were in vivid colors. And um, her face, and this was the part that kind I'm of, uh, you know, <laughs> tripped me out is yeah. because she would be take a human form yeah. and then her face would turn into a cat and then would turn into a human and turn into a cat. It was like pulsating. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I knew her forever, even though I had never seen her before. Mm -hmm. And, um, I felt connected with her and I felt safe with her. Yeah. And so she was traveling right beside me the entire time. And then within a few minutes, um, we started to go faster. We picked up speed mm -hmm. and it felt like I was like, I went from being in an airplane to being like in a jet at mock speed. Yeah. And we were just like traveling through what I can only describe as dimensions. Did you feel safe when you were traveling? I did feel safe. Okay. But it almost felt overwhelming. Like what is going on? Right. Like what the fuck is happening to me right now? And it was hard for my, my human consciousness to understand what was happening to me. Right. Cause I don't think I realized that I died. Yeah. that I left my body. Yeah. Um, and so what seemed like forever was kind of like falling down the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, you know, it feel, felt like we were just flying through these dimensions and colors and light um, for so long that I started to become comfortable in it. And I was like, yeah. okay, I guess this is what I'm just doing now. Yeah. And she didn't say a word to me the entire time. She just stayed completely quiet. And um, so we, I noticed that we were starting to slow down. And so we almost came to a complete stop. Yeah. And I looked down and I could see these like rolling hills and I saw a being. Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that this was the angelic realm yeah. in some ways. And they didn't look like real angels that you see in the Bible with right. big feathers and human look. Um, they had elongated necks mm -hmm. and there was like a beam of light, like a halo around the top yeah. of his head. And I felt like it was... I felt like it was a male energy for some reason. Right. Um, and so I glanced down because we had, at that point we had almost come to a full stop. Right. My energy was still vibrating, but we weren't moving anywhere. Right. And this being made eye contact with me. Did he have eyes? He did have eyes. Did he look like an alien? Because I keep picturing it, it like an alien. It was very alien. Yeah, like. I keep picturing alien. And then it was like, when I came out of it, I'm like, I fucking think that <laughs> angels are aliens. Alien. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. I, I really want to, I want to, I want to, I'm picturing this so vividly. I really want to draw it. Yeah, I wish yeah. you could. Uh, like okay. a sketch artist kind yeah. of thing. Like make a drawing yeah. of How it. big were his eyes? <laughs> Do you have a nose? I didn't really recognize uh, features yeah. as much as just the the feeling of him noticing that I was there. Yeah, you can feel him noticing up. me and me noticing him. Yeah. And so as I kind of glanced around, I could see, like I said, rolling hills yeah. for as far as my astral eyes could see. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that it, it wasn't just one. There was like beings beside him and then as they went there I noticed there was like thousands of them and they were the hills they were the hills and they were all kind of moving in the same direction and they all kind of were glancing up at me and noticing that I was there I had a similar not a dream like the beans but like and I think I've told you about this um uh, of hills but they were bouquets of flowers but they grew like that but they went up and down like they were in waves Hmm. like the hills of the flowers were waving like waves on the ocean and that's really weird that you mentioned that too because they weren't floating they weren't flying yeah you know you hear about angels and you say they're flying they were even though it was air it looked like they were swimming they were kind of just like you know swaying around yeah did they, they didn't have wings they didn't really have wings like you would think they did have um beads of light that were coming down from them. So when they moved their arms, yeah. it almost looked like they were wearing a robe of light. Light. That's yeah. I didn't. I have really crazy. I remember but it did resemble wings. Yeah. I because you told me this story before, but I haven't got. I didn't really ask questions. I was just like jaw dropped on the floor listening, <laughs> and so now I'm like, wait, what's their eyes look like? Which is kind of funny to ask because you didn't you probably didn't have eyes you're being a light right right yeah at that yeah. time I did not have my body and I wasn't even aware that I didn't have a body at that time right so um I was just so in awe of everything that was happening to me um I had even forgotten who I was like yeah. I didn't remember my human name I didn't remember that I had kids I didn't remember who my human self had been and that changed somewhere within the dimensional portals that I was crossing through because when I first left my body, I knew who I was, and I could still remember my kids. But I remember having a overwhelming feeling of like it's going to be okay. I'll see my kids again. They're going to be fine. Yeah. And I was okay with it. Which is crazy. Which is crazy you are because so close to your kids. Yeah, I couldn't imagine you know ever leaving my kids. And we're, we're both moms. And in that <laughs> moment, I was totally fine with leaving them and, I have and crossing over. Everywhere. And then somewhere during the the trip, when I was going through different dimensions and the portals and the light and everything, by the time I got to that point, I had no more human recollection left within my being at all. Um, And then as they were looking up at me, um, I felt my guide beside me. And she didn't speak, but it was almost like, oh, you're going to like this. You're going to like what they're about to do to you. And she kind of got excited, and I could feel her excitement. Yeah. And they started making noise, like um, almost like singing. And it was a frequency. It was a tone. And as they were doing it, they were sending it to me, to my light body. Yeah. And my body started resonating with the frequency. And the only way that I can describe it in human words is the frequency of love. I had never, I'm going to start to cry just talking about it because I had never felt that much love and acceptance and peace in my entire life. And I became that 
Yeah. I became the vibration of love. I feel like that resonates. And I mean, I don't care if you're spiritual or you believe in anything, but like you can't really deny that frequencies affect humans. Like just, just our humans and our human bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, my cat is like laying there and looks drunk. <laughs> um, but it affects our, our free, like I'm real sensitive. Like I've told you to, to sounds. Um, uh, I was at work and there was a stupid bell that kept going off for a decoration and I had to go up to it and shut it off cause it was giving me, I get headaches easily. Um, and there, there are scientifically proven certain frequencies that they put in horror movies to scare and give you anxiety. So it's not that far fetched to believe that there is a frequency of love that make you feel loved mm-hmm. and that what are frequencies, but things that are already there and exist. You know what I mean? We've just learned how to hear them and, and manipulate them with radio and stuff. So like, right. I don't know. That really, that just is We should do a whole nother show just on vibration and frequency. No kidding. Like, (laughs) I could talk about this stuff for hours, which is why we're doing a podcast. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Keep going. It's okay. It's okay. I keep going. Um, No, so where was I? So we did that. And then at that moment, I had um, my first feeling of a human feeling, you know, a sense. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't breathe. And she said her only words to me. She was like, you can breathe. And as soon as she said you can breathe, bam. Like I was snapped right back into my body from wherever I was instantaneously. Like leaving my body was nice and casual and, you know, built me up with the speed and everything. But coming back to my body, it felt like I got slammed back into my body. And Mm -hmm. it hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And at first when when I started to come to, I didn't even want to be back. Yeah, you know, because you left was, that love. Yeah, I left and now that you're love, in hell. and she was gone. Yeah, and now you're like, Ugh. you know, and it was like really weird for me too because I, my spirituality was not where it is right now. I'd right. only known about Jesus and Christianity, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and all of a sudden I was in contact and had this amazing experience with this beautiful goddess. Yeah who I was calling my guide for a really long time. And when the first the, time you told me this story, you told me my guide. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you told me. And I've me. kind of bounced back between her being my spirit guide and her being my highest self. Yeah. Or being my God self. You yeah. know, because I've had a lot of experiences since then through mm-hmm. meditation and lucid dreaming and altered states of consciousness where I have connected with her again. Yeah. Um, so we could get into that and, you know, another, oh another time, but she's been with me ever since. And, um, she is Basset. She is an Egyptian cat goddess, Basset. And I had no idea who she was before that experience. Yeah. You know, I, I had to research and look it up and I'm like, it was a, it felt Egyptian. Yeah. And, you know, which is crazy because okay so like i have been getting books to research to research to research and i ended up with i ended up where where i live it's really confusing and the mail person will deliver my package to the wrong house and then amazon will be they're the devil but whatever um will send send me a new one and so and then like my neighbor ended up being like hey i got your package a few days ago i just haven't brought it back mm-hmm. and i'm like saudi i got this <laughs> egyptian book um egyptian oh, book of the dead yep i was gonna say it's right over there yeah. my copy's over there i was like i got an extra one it's yours and then i think it was around that time that i that i knew 
of that your spirit guide was beset because mm-hmm. I, until then you I don't think you said it in passing or you you talked about it in passing but I didn't make the connection of the two mm-hmm. and then I was like that's crazy if that's not right. the universe giving you stuff like if you don't believe in serendipity and fate like it, it is the universe working it's it's like woven path to you it is your spirit guides trying to show you stuff and and I think being I've always felt that way I don't know for me I grew up in a house where my my parents were hippies like my sister's names are seasons um and I grew up in a house where my mom would be like <laughs> would light incense and light candles and be mm-hmm. like visualize you got to think positive like um she had crystals her best friend was a tarot reader that came to my fifth grade birthday party was it fifth or four? it doesn't matter fifth or fourth grade birthday party and read everybody's palms and did tarot readings and stuff and i just i grew up where this stuff was very normalized so opposite of you mm-hmm. um and i remember having a tarot deck and i was at my friend's house um her name was Shannon. I was like, no need to like block her, like say a different name because nobody knows. There's a lot of Shannons out there. <laughs> and we were by our pool and I would like read people's tarot because, but I'd look up what like each card meant and stuff. And I remember one of my friends being like, you're really into that, huh? And I'm and, like, kind of in a judgmental way. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. I think it's cool. And I just had no worry in the world that it was weird. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my mom also grew up, grew up in a haunted house and, um, just to get just to get into that just a little bit without going too too far off track she was in a, a house in Illinois in Alvin Illinois and she wrote a book about her life and this is in it and she talked about the room a whole chapter dedicated the room with the cowboy wallpaper and she's the oldest of four two boys one girl beside herself and each of her siblings stayed a night in that room and they woke up screaming in the middle of the night until she finally like switched into that room because nobody else would sleep in it. And she woke up and the closet, I'm mean, so full of goosebumps. <laughs> and she woke up and got up out of, and like sat up in bed and there is this large man of color in her closet and he had bib overalls on and no shirt underneath and he had a straw hat on. And I swear, she showed me a picture because this house burnt down later on, many years later. And she had a picture where we're going through, because I take pictures like crazy and I get it from her. She took pictures like crazy. And in the window of the picture of this house that's half burnt down, you see a figure with a straw hat on. Like it's dead ringer. There's no denying it. If I could dig that picture out today, I would, but she's passed on and I don't have her pictures anymore. Um, or I'd never had them, <laughs> but anyways, so she sat up, saw that guy and she basically just decided she could feel cause she's empathic and she had psychic premonitions that he wasn't a threat. And so she decided to talk to him and she basically figured out, um, that he was a slave is a very, very old farmhouse. And that, um, She's like, it's kind of the Underground Railroad, but not, like, the Underground Railroad is just kind of like, there's certain things that were the Underground Railroad, but this, they were trying to get slaves hidden underneath, and it was one of those dumbbell um, elevators that you, like, you go up and down. Mm-hmm. Am I explaining that? You have to pull it up. It's a pulley. So he was a guy that was pulling everyone up and down, and he was uh, in there, and it 
the rope snap and he and it fell down into the whatever the basement and he died so that's where and he wasn't he wasn't bad or anything but anyways i grew up with all this stuff hearing all these stories and there's a lot of stories there we'll we'll cover more later i'll have to reread her book now because i haven't read it for a long time um but anyway so that stuff was very normalized so when i was little i would see like spirits here and there and i'd always <laughs> see them out of my peripheral and they were always tinted blue i don't know if that's because i'm colorblind i don't know if that's just my body processing i don't know but they were always blue in the side of my eye and the shadows themselves or the spirits no, they were themselves? the spirits and i could see their details okay and now the like present day i've seen different kinds of spirits and they're not necessarily blue but i have seen them same you know mm-hmm. um but have i would ever looked into the blue beans no i have not heard okay, of that well <laughs> hold on what let me write this down i swear i told you the blue beans mm-hmm. see we're learning right the blue how do you spell like beans beans yeah like that yeah don't make fun of me i'm dyslexic <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah i was like that's not trope i really am <laughs> So I had to write down her email just to, just so I didn't mess up the letters. <laughs> okay, so that's awesome. I'm super excited. As soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to buy another book. <laughs> Sorry, boyfriend. Um, anyways, so, so I had seen spirits and stuff, and it wasn't a big deal to me. Now, the time it became a big deal to me as a fifth grader, so, I mean, my daughter's, like, being 10 years old, mm-hmm. as I was staying the night at my friend Shannon's house, <laughs> and she had two other girlfriends, and I think it was for her birthday, so, like, but she had sleepovers all the time with a lot of kids, but I think it was for her birthday, and it was me, these two other girls, and Shannon, and then her mom was talking, I don't know how it came up, but they were talking about how this spirit has been following her mom around, and they, they put it as in, like, he wasn't a bad spirit, but that their house was haunted. And they're talking about it. And I remember we were in the living room. They had a drop down living room and like arched, um, round archways into the next room. This is in Arizona. So that's pretty common. And I saw a spirit there and he was in like, um, a hoodie, a baseball cap and jeans. And this was in the nineties. So that's pretty normal. And tennis shoes. And he had his hands in the pocket and he was leaned on the archway and just listening. And I just was like, Oh, is this like a guy like and I just described what I saw and they the look on her mom and her face were like they were freaked the fuck out and then my two other friends who kind of thought they were just trying to scare us like in the moment was like are you guys being serious no you're serious and I'm just like yeah he's right there Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't see him and then that was the first time where I felt oh this isn't normal you guys can't see him. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, like, this is weird. And like the way they treated me was bad. Like, I just remember feeling bad about it. Oh, okay. And so I dropped it. I didn't talk about any of that. I didn't bring my tarot cards out like anymore after that. Like I still, I still practice at home. I just isolated myself off of my, I didn't share that part of me with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a struggle on my spiritual walk um, going forward because then I was in like a really toxic relationship slash marriage for 13 years where he was like, all that stuff is stupid. Mm -hmm. Don't even bring it around me. And I just shut myself off. I didn't see nothing. We were together 
I mean, granted, I was in survival mode for most of it, but I didn't see any spirits. I, I didn't, none of it. It was all shut off from me. I didn't, I don't even think I remember dreams when I was with him. Um, and dreaming, I think is a big way that I tap into my guides and, and stuff is dreaming, um, which I'm working on because we're all works in progress. But I, so my friend Shannon that I grew up with, I moved away when I was 13. So a couple years after that to, to Illinois and then now I live in Portland and lo and behold, this beautiful bitch lives in Portland, which is hilarious. We need to link up. Um, but I, I found her on Instagram or Facebook or something because I was like, I, I started talking about all this stuff because this was like three years ago. I left my ex and I started having dreams that were like, put protections up and, and do this and do that. And I, I just slowly started like, I started with herbs and crystals again. And then, um, I got a couple books and then like, I, I don't know. I just started getting thirsty for it again. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen some spirits here and there. We'll talk about us maybe a little bit later, but I remember, um, I, I called my friend Shannon or I, I messaged her. I voice clipped her cause I'm big on voice clips as you know. And I was like, Hey, do you remember this story about us in fifth grade? And I saw this ghost were you guys really trying to spook us or was that real to you? Because it was real to me. And I remember that still. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make sure you weren't trying to spook us. And I, then I saw something and I freaked you guys out and it was weird. And she voice clipped me back and she goes, I am freaking out right now. I completely forgot about that. That was 100% real. She said they found a news clipping about, about it because, Oh, they found some of the stuff in the attic. And so they researched because she goes, that guy would follow my mom, like, to the grocery store, and, and she could feel him and stuff. But it was, like, a protection thing. And he came with the house, basically. And she said, yeah, when we moved away, because they ended up moving away right before I did, um, he wasn't there anymore. So I don't know if he was tethered to the house or what, mm -hmm. but she's like, that was 100% real. She was like, I totally forgot about that. I'm freaking out right now. And I was like, me too, because I remember that. And I was thinking, dude, if you were trying to mess with us, I really did see some, like see a man right. or a, like a young, a young man, like probably like late teenager, early twenties. Um, but then since then, I'll just get into it now because we got a little bit of time. But since then I've seen, uh, so I'm trying to think of how to tell this story. Um, so I had gotten a candle and this was a, this was a hoodoo protect, protect, protection candle. I do not practice hoodoo or voodoo. I am a white lady. I, I don't resonate with it. I do research on it. I resonate with some of it, but not all of it, but I'm, I respect it. I had bought this candle from, um, God, what is the name of the story? It's a, a place in New Orleans. I can't think of the name. Anyways, I special ordered this because I had somebody that does practice hoodoo and voodoo. There's a difference. And they were practicing um, against me, attacking me. Mm -hmm. And um, this has become very, like, very uh, real <laughs> to me. It wasn't a guess. This was proven that this was happening. So I bought a candle for protection um, cause I was like, well, if they're going to practice at, at this time, um, before I'd even researched anything, I was like, I'm going to, if they're using that, I'm going to use a thing of protection against them. That's what they're using on me. Mm -hmm. And I remember lighting it and they had specific instructions 
and um, I let that burn for like days it took so long for that thing to burn down um, but I was sitting on the couch and my kids were at their dad's and my boyfriend I thought was in the kitchen because I saw like out of the corner of my eye not like a spirit like it wasn't tinted blue or anything I thought I saw him in the kitchen and then I hear upstairs the dryer door shut and I'm like what the fuck and then I kind of look over slowly and I see what is a silhouette of a man now the way this candle was described to me and because I don't practice I'm just I'm just regurgitating what was in the directions that I was given that it comes with a spirit and that spirit is there to protect you so it calls on a spirit mm -hmm. um, obviously I'm not not of my heritage of the person who made it and so um, I saw a silhouette of a man but it wasn't a black silhouette it was white and it, the best way I can describe it the energy it was like static like if you look at a TV and you see static right. it was like that and I was just like I it's not that I was scared I was scared but not I didn't feel threatened I was just like I've never seen anything like this before right. and I could feel that it was outside my wheelhouse you know what I mean it's yeah. not a spirit I called on it was not in my practice um, I was also kind of just jumping back into things. It had been a long time since I'd even seen a spirit at that point. I don't think I'd seen one for, for 15 years at that point. Right. And this is completely different than anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just, uh, my boyfriend comes downstairs and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just, he goes, you look, you look freaked out. And I'm like, yeah, I just thought you were in the kitchen and you're not. And I didn't say anything to him at that point because at that point, even though one of the things I fell in love with him for is I, on his dating profile, he's like, I'll know more about astrology than you. <laughs> and he is very um, spiritual and open, but I'd had that trauma that I still had to work through where I, I just kept my mouth shut about it at first. Right. And we've, we're wide open now. So it's great. It's really, really amazing to have a partner that supports you in your path. So that's important, mm -hmm. I think. But I just remember thinking, oh my God, I saw it. And then the next like three nights, I didn't, I never saw it again. But I know the person that was practicing on me and trying to harm me. I was having dreams from my mother who's passed over, who I believe is, is a spirit guiding me, um, told me, she kept telling me to put up protections and I'm just, I don't know, I, I kind of ignored her because I was like, I don't even know what you mean by that. And then I remember waking up in the middle of the night, like, put protections up. And I was like, okay, I hear you. And that's when, um, so me and Saudi had known each other for, at that point, for three years. Right, I think it was about three years. Yeah, for about three years. We'd worked together at two different jobs. And I just knew, I didn't know Saudi was spiritual at all because we worked opposite shifts at both jobs. Yep. And... I was sitting in the tub and that's where I like to meditate. Um, while I'm big into water. I love water. I love the ocean. And Saudi's really, really told me that is your meditation spot. And I'm like, dude, you're so right. Cause I'm like, I always have trouble meditating and that's where I go. Anyways, I'm sitting in the tub and I'm just kind of stressed out because I feel like I had been cursed because I had been, mm -hmm. um, somebody was doing something negative to me and I could feel it. My, my mom was coming through, like shaking me like, okay. Um, 
I kind of had a sense of arrogance before this because I was like, you can't touch me. I have such strong ancestors, which I do. But to a certain point, you got to counteract that. <laughs> you can't just yeah. be wide open, bitch. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there thinking in the tub like, okay, I need to do a cleansing on my house. I need, I was going to put some crystals outside. And for some reason, I just felt like my intuition, which I trust much more now than I did then, um, it wasn't enough. And for some reason, Saudi popped in my head. Now I had known from a mutual friend that she did a, a tarot reading on, on the, on her, but she didn't really get too much into it. And so I'm like, well, I know she does tarot, but like, would she even know anything about this? And I was just like, okay, I hear you. I hear you message her. And I messaged her and I was like, look, this is a lot. And I just spilled my guts. I had no idea that I had no idea that you were as amazingly gifted as you are today. Thank you. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I guess uh, if I were to describe you, I don't want to misrepresent you. So <laughs> go like, for it. Let me see the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, um, anybody that's like struggling, I'm like, you need to talk to my girl, Saudi. Like she comes and she does readings for people and, I'm talking about you like you're not here. <laughs> but, like, she'll bring out, like, ten decks and draw from all ten of them at the same mm -hmm. time. And it's just badass. And it's just... And she's so... She's so good at it. Like, she's... Like, her energy... I don't know. Like, I'm Thank sure you. people will tell from your voice you're very calming. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been told that from mutual friends. Like, her voice is just so calming. I know you hate your voice. I we hate all, my voice. We all hate her voice. It's, it's right. whatever. We're getting over it. But um, you're just you're amazing and and part of me wants to ask you hold on let me make sure i tied up my loose ends over there on that story i was telling about seeing ghosts that's pretty much it i have a couple more and we'll switch over later sometime but i want to get on this path so okay. <laughs> so uh, when you you do readings now mm -hmm. you connect to the other side right you cr connect to spirits um I guess part of me, and that's not something I don't think we've talked about too much directly. When you got thrown to the other side and back and you, mm -hmm. you, you, you saw your guide, your goddess, your higher self and mm -hmm. stuff, did that, seeing that energy, did that help you identify energies going forward? Because I know when you do readings, and a lot of people when they talk about Well, yeah, readings, because when I do readings, the first thing that I do is I connect to my higher self. Okay. I connect to my higher self first and I connect with her and then I'm protected. I'm grounded and I have that open communication with my higher self. I didn't know that. <laughs> and then I get most of my messages through her because right. she's speaking to the other person's guides and higher self and I'm just channeling the information. It's kind of like a radio frequency and I tune okay. in by tapping into my higher self first. So that's how I do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so briefly we'll talk about, I had a reading from um, Saudi and I wanted to connect to my relatives and I hadn't done that yet. My mom passed away in 2013 and I hadn't directly said I want to talk to her yet. Not because I didn't want to talk to her, but my mom was my rock and she was, a, she still is a beautiful mm -hmm. soul. She and um, I finally came to 
recently and was like, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her mom. I want to talk to her dad. I want to talk to my other grandma. Um, <laughs> yeah, they all and came they through, all- didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and Saudi... <laughs> so, Saudi doesn't know about about my grandparents. She knows I love my mom. I've talked about my mom. My mom's energy came through on a other reading she did. But, um, so my mom's mom is like, she is where I get my sass. Yeah, she was sassy. She <laughs> came through. <laughs> you tell, tell. Okay, so when she came through, um, I was still shuffling my cards and she's like, can you stop doing that? Like instantly started telling me what mm-hmm. to do. And I was like, okay, you know, put the cards mm-hmm. down and, um, she told me that she really wanted to smoke a cigarette or something like that. She <laughs> yeah. brought up cigarettes and, um, I guess she had died from emphysema and yep. she was a smoker her whole life. And I mm-hmm. feel like that was just one of her ways of, you know, telling, making you know that she's there. That yeah. That's really her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, you know, yeah. And I, I always tell when I talk about reading, like getting a reading from you, I'm always like, um, you know, I don't need confirmation from from Saudi, but it's still amazing how much confirmation she gives when she does readings. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, having her say, okay, so first of all, Sa- Saudi was shuffling her deck from my perspective because she's hearing this. I can't hear what she's hearing. <laughs> and she just starts laughing and she's like, okay. And I instantly felt my grandma's energy and I said, you're going to find out where I got my sass from. I knew it was my grandma where she said, she said, can you stop flipping those cards like that? And I said, you sound just like her. (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah. And so I, I do wonder that because you know, my brain bounces around all the time and I think all these thoughts Mm -hmm. and I will voice clip (laughs) Saudi and be like, Hey, what do you think about dog spirits? Or like like the most random shit. Our conversations are so funny. (laughs) We want to share these crazy conversations with people. So, (laughs) but I remember thinking, um, wondering because you were like, Oh, she was there, but her energy came forward. Like when you're channeling a spirit, Mm -hmm. What do you see in your head? Um, sometimes it's crystal clear. I can see their face. I can see their body. Um, sometimes it's just feelings that I get or I hear yeah. voices. Um, sometimes I can smell things. I did a reading oh, for somebody yeah. one time and her father had passed away. And the entire time I'm giving her a reading, I kept smelling raspberries. Mm-hmm. And it was this overwhelming, just, it smelled so good, like yeah. soap or something. And I told her about it and she started to cry because um, her father passed away right after Christmas. And he had given her a big um, basket with loofahs and raspberry body wash and Mm -hmm. raspberry soap and lotions and all those things and every time that she would use that when she was in the shower she would think about her dad Mm -hmm. you know she'd cuddle up in bed and she'd smell her skin and she'd think about her dad yeah and so he came through and he kept trying to push the message of raspberries yeah because it made no sense to me whatsoever And, and, you know, just when I started doing tarot, that was one of the hardest things for me to get past was I was thinking, like, I'm having this feeling, but I almost don't want to say it because it doesn't seem like it's making sense. Right. You're like, I'm going to sound crazy. You're gaslighting yourself during your own reading. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, I had to learn that the reading isn't for me. Yeah. It's for the person I'm giving a reading to. Yeah. So if I get an image of a blue car with, you know, tinted windows, I'm going to say that. Right. Because... The message is coming through for a reason. I don't need to understand it. Yeah. And the person, the other person always does. Right. They're like, we had a, you know, blue car with tinted windows. Right. You know, so we're, 
You know, we had three kids together, and we had that car through thick and thin, you know. During and my so, reading, you brought up uh, Hummingbird. Mm-hmm. And you were, it, it, she connected with my grandma, and she brought up a Hummingbird. And I was like, pulled out my arm, and she's seen my tattoos. She doesn't know what they're about. And I pointed to the back of my arm, and I have a Hummingbird on the back of my arm. And mm-hmm. that is for my grandma. And I have I have the, the, a symbol for, for strength for my mom. Um, I have an elephant for my sassy grandma because she loved elephants. <laughs> I have um, a dream catcher for my grandpa who's native on his side. I have a four-leaf clover for my Irish ancestry for my grandpa on my other side. And, yeah, the hummingbird is specifically for the grandma mm-hmm. she was reading for. And that was just really cool. Like, is, is it really cool when you say something that you don't get and then somebody verifies what it means? Yeah, I love that energy. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Where they're like, when oh they my get God. excited or, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's crazy. Like, or I have a bluebird that comes and hummingbirds that come and that's see really me. That's funny. I saw a bluebird this morning. It's my grandma. <laughs> no, I have this one bluebird that comes. Mm. And every time I see it, I'm like, there's grandma. What's up, grandma? Because she used to feed, like, she got me into liking birds. She's a bird watcher. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her energy was always really calm and, and like, intellectual. She's very smart. Right. Like my dyslexic ass would be like, Grandma, how do you spell this? She'd be like, here you go, and drop off an encyclopedia, and I'd get so mad. <laughs> right. That's <gasps> old school right there. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the right thing to do, but, like, mm-hmm. as a kid, I'm just like, just tell me. You know, right. this is before spell check. Kids don't have that problem no, these days. We, we didn't have Google back then. I know. Like... I Google everything when I'm like, <laughs> how do you spell that? <laughs> okay, so, okay. Oh, energies. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this popped in my head when we were just talking. You were talking about one time you tapped in, um, you were doing a reading for a guy and tapped into one of his, he had a couple girls. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, talk about that because that story is crazy. Okay, so um, I was doing a reading for a guy who was recently divorced, and he had a few different girls that he was talking to online, and I was giving him a reading, and he kept asking about different girls that he was chatting with. He's like, well, how about this one? And honestly, I don't really like to tap into anybody's energy that isn't there to defend themselves. But in a reading like that, I was like, well, I can tell you, you know, the, the energy that I get off of this person. Yeah. So we had gone through about three girls and I got to the last one. <laughs> He's a hoe. <laughs> right. And um, I get to the last girl and all of a sudden the room, the energy in the room got really warm. Mm-hmm. And I got really hot and I was having trouble connecting with her energy. And I look across the table at him and his face just goes completely pale and he passed out off of the chair like just fell on the floor in the middle of the reading yeah right and so immediately i knew what that was you know i I'd just had like, the ins- okay? <laughs> yeah i jumped up i opened the window i you know grabbed my husband he lit sage everywhere and we brought him water and put cold compresses on his head and um yeah so what it was is she was very protected in the spirit realm and her spirit guides did not like Uh. me asking about her Mm -hmm. with him and he felt it yeah you know they they pretty much attacked him yeah and they they taught me a lesson yeah on being very careful with how much energy i ask about anyone that's not there right um to give me their consent and permission yeah to check in on their energy so do you have to get that consent and permission from their spirit guides or from the person themselves well both but mostly from the person you know once they're already crossed over they have a different 
energy about them anyway. They don't really have the the confines of the you know human right. mentality, and so um, usually if they're they're trying to connect with someone and that spirit doesn't want to come through mm-hmm. or doesn't give its consent, it just doesn't speak. Yeah, it doesn't show up. It doesn't you know come. Oh, but, that's I never thought about that. Right. So yeah. if you're you're paying me or you're coming to me and you're like I'm gonna get a reading from you, yeah, you're already giving me consent at that point, yeah, to play around in your energy, yeah, you know it's like you can read my diary, right? Go ahead and open it, it's fine. So I've gotten that consent and I can get in there. And then your spirit guides are right there with you and they want to give you messages to help you, and, yeah, you know things that they've been trying to get through to you for a long time and you just haven't been picking up on the signal or you haven't been listening, right? And they can tell me and then I can relay it. Or to you don't you. even know they're there. Right. Depending on, on what you believe in. Right. You know, like. And most people don't. Most people go around their whole lives yeah. not knowing what they're connected to. Like before I had my experience where mm-hmm. my soul left my body and experienced the other side. Yeah. And the other dimensions. I was so far disconnected from mm-hmm. my higher self that I didn't even know that it existed. Yeah. You know. I, and, I can um, tell you I have not connected with my higher self. That's we're a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Well, mine took me actually leaving my body to do that. You know, I'm not going to. And go if that th- wouldn't have happened, <laughs> you know, and e- and even after that happened, I was still in denial with a lot of things. Like, yeah, I was able to read auras after that and meditate. But then, you know, I had a couple friends who were like, "Did you bring a demon back with you? Because that's, you know, you're not supposed to meditate. You're not supposed to. Okay, you so know, be we, able to do these things. Yeah, when you did my reading this last time, I think I briefly told you this. Um, I had, I had messaged my aunt and I was, she's my, she's very artistic and she's, she's always been like one of my favorites, like, cause she's very artistic and I feel like we connect on a lot of levels. Um, but she is, she is Christian and I, I actually didn't even know that about her <laughs> because we don't ever talk religion. And, um, I just was really excited about the messages I got back from my grandma, which is her mom. And I sent her voice clips being like, hey, she's in a great place. She's at peace, blah, blah, blah. And because it gave me a sense of peace and I thought it would give her a sense of peace. And she um, did not appreciate that. <laughs> and she she wasn't mean, but she was she's very uh, convicted in her faith, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I am Christian and I believe. And then she started saying... Bible verses at me and a part of my story um, that I didn't get to because you know I go down rabbit holes was you know as you Saudi you grew up Christian and then and then had bam spirituality hit you you know not forced on you but like hit you like a ton of bricks for a reason forced on me for sure <laughs> yeah um, I grew up you know quote unquote like in in spirituality for lack of a better word and then when I was 16, my mom had been, um, she was diagnosed probably three or four years before that with emphysema. Now her mom, like we said earlier, my grandma and her dad, uh, my grandpa got, died from emphysema, but they have the genetic kind. So if you're around smoke, whatever, you will die. My mom, um, when she met my dad, started smoking and she got it and she was diagnosed real young. She was like 38 or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when I was 16, my dad was working at a factory and his boss was a pastor at a Pentecostal church. And so I'd grown up my whole life not being Christian. Um, he was raised Catholic 
and he hated the Catholic Church. He didn't even let me wear a piece, uh, like a pair of glasses that looked like one of the nuns that used to be him. So it wasn't that I was like against Christianity or Catholicism. I just didn't believe in it. I believe there was a higher power, but it was weird. Like, and we didn't really talk about it much in our household. Like I remember when I was like 14, I went and bought um, a witch book and brought it home and was like looking through it and stuff and trying to read it and stuff. And I hid it in my bed because I didn't know how my dad would react because he was like almost anti-religion. But my mom was so spiritual and she's mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, like deal with it. Right. Well, at that point, my mom was really sick and my dad's like, it'll make me look good. Let's just go. And my first time walking in this church, and let me be clear, I'm not shaming Pentecostal church. Like, whatever floats your boat, as long as you are not using religion as a tool to hurt or harm anybody, I'm, I'm cool with it. The problem with, I guess, Catholic Catholicism blah, 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 or Christianity is that it is used for that a lot. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of trauma to deal with that. Right. So I walk into this church and there, I just hear them all talking in tongues. And by somebody that's never really even been in church, mm -hmm. um, it kind of freaked me out, to be honest. I was 16. I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. And then I walked in, and they're rolling around on... That's my cats. <laughs> my cats are running up and down the stairs. Um, they're rolling around on the ground. They're laughing, and they, it's like being filled with the spirit, mm -hmm. from what I learned. And the part that I connected with the church is I like to sing. And so I got connected with the choir. But outside of that... I would listen to the pastor talk about um, a lot of politics and I didn't agree with them at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember reading through the Bible and I'm like, this does not, it didn't resonate. I didn't know how to put it into words, but I'm like, I don't agree with this. And my dad was very controlling, um, very narcissistic. And he was mad because they were all getting baptized. And I said, no. And I didn't stand up to my dad very often. Mm -hmm. um, hardly ever, actually. And I said, no. And he was like, why not? Like, you know how bad that's going to make us look that your sister and your mom and me are getting. And I was really thrown off by my mom getting saved, I guess. is the best. Like, she was. She was getting saved and diving I, it's not a 180 it's the same wheelhouse and I know that now but at the time I felt you're doing a 180 this mm -hmm. is not how you raised me you raised me like so spiritual and now you're so she not to interrupt but yeah no, she no, no, was just spiritual your whole life yeah and then right before she passed on well before she, she was supposed to pass she on. went yeah to, she wasn't um, supposed to make it past my graduation and she lived 10 extra years okay she's a fighter yeah but yeah, for in my eyes at that time, I don't feel that way now because I, I feel like I've researched enough and I can I can understand a lot more, be more accepting. Um, but at the time, I felt kind of betrayed a little bit because I'm mm -hmm. just like, this is not how you raise me. And then you're just doing a 180 and going to this church where they roll around on floors and stuff. And, you know, whatever floats your boat. If right. that makes you feel connected to whatever, then okay. Um, and he's like... I said, I'm not going to dedicate myself to something I do not agree with and I do not understand mm -hmm. because then that dedication means nothing. And I still remember that conversation to this day because it was a, one of the first times I ever stood up to my dad and B it was the way I said it to him was from the heart and it was very logical and he was stunned and it felt good to stun that <laughs> fucker. So right. <laughs> he goes, we're going to set you up with a meeting with a pastor. And I remember going through the Bible. I had like bookmarks and stuff in places where I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Um, and I said, dinosaurs. <laughs> and he goes, it's clear that you need to do, um, 
more research and you need to pray a lot more on this. Mm -hmm. And I agree that you're not ready to be baptized. And so I was like, so I went to church and had to watch my mom, dad, and sister be baptized. And like, he just was so angry about that for so long, like probably to this day, which I don't care. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. So as you grew up Christian and got thrown in, I, I was reversed and then I met, so I was like, I was living with a family that was now born again and I definitely couldn't explore my spirituality or anything. And then, um, when I finally moved out, I had, I was 20 cause I stayed because my mom was so sick and I, I didn't want to leave her. I was, a, I'm the youngest out of four. And, um, when I moved out, I moved out with my the person I ended up being with for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And so I was just stifled for so long, Right. but yeah, so my story is reversed from yours a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't... But have... it's similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because we were both, like, in an abusive relationship. Yes. And our spirituality was stunted mm-hmm. through a negative, toxic relationship. Yeah. And having kids and yep. lives. And we were just so embedded in the third dimension. Yeah. You know, we were kind of stuck there, just looping around, going to work, taking care of the kids, living in a fucked up relationship. Yeah. You know, just in survival mode for so yes. long that there's no way that we could even had time to tap into our our own soul we didn't even have time to take a bath by ourselves or you know exactly be alone with our own thoughts for five minutes you know i went to (laughs) i went to an alicia not to brag i went to an alicia (laughs) keys concert last night and i realized first of all my boyfriend oh sorry cat i just scared him (laughs) first of all (laughs) first of all i was um for christmas my boyfriend bought me alicia keys tickets and we just went last night because he's a planner, and I realized, first of all, she's, like, my first, I love her. I love her music. I love her as a person, and because when I was a teenager, I remember watching an interview with her, and she was talking about Stevie Wonder's her idol, and she's like, he's been making, he, he, he's old. <laughs> she didn't say he's old, but, like, he's, he's been making music forever, and he's going to be making music till he dies, mm-hmm. and she goes, that's going to be me. I'm not going to do this for the short haul. I'm going to be making music till I die. This is my passion. This is my, and I think music is really important in spirituality because if you think about it, um, frequencies, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll talk about frequencies and music and stuff, but just for a short clip, um, you know, babies, they hear music, they dance, um, tribes that haven't seen anything outside of themselves have dances and mm-hmm. music and stuff right. so it's like the yeah. universal language yeah. and when somebody is so passionate and ingrained in that and when she, when I was at her concert she's like we I love this energy and our souls are connecting and stuff and she just kept right. saying that I'm like yeah no wonder you spoke to me I remember singing her song crying coming home from work because it was it was hard because I was stuck and I was just trying to provide for my family and so certain artists really take it as they're projecting their gifts and they're they are changing people's lives and the ones that are in it for the right reasons really resonate and go forever and that's why yeah so that was amazing but okay we're about at the hour mark and so we should probably wrap this up See, that went by so fast. We we had hit on like five different topics. We'll make an episode next about that. So come and hang out with us next time. And remember to keep your minds open. Namaste.